What's happening? Welcome to Wong Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wong. I'm coming at you from somewhat sunny-ish Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm here at the G4 Guitar Camp. Quite fun. Joe Satriani's Guitar Camp. Joe invited me to come be one of the instructors, which I was very happy to come do. Happy to get out of Minnesota. I think it snowed like a foot last night or something. Anyway, it's been really fun to be here because... I even just get to hang with some of my heroes. Like it's it's been fun to teach. It's been really great to get into that and kind of share some of my knowledge and experience, but also selfishly just kind of fun to hang with Peter Frampton and have dinner with Steve Lukather and Satriani and all these guys. It's incredible. Great concerts every night. I've been having a blast. I've also been hanging out with my good friend Mateus Asado, who I just interviewed last night in the hotel lobby business center area. So, yeah, in the interview, you're going to hear a little bit of background noise here and there. Sue me! You might know Mateus just from being on the internet because you're probably an internet person because this is an internet podcast, whatever. Mateus is incredible. Absolutely one of the best players of our time. Such a fluid, dynamic, creative player and just very inspiring to watch. You might have seen him with the likes of Bruno Mars, Silk Sonic, Tori Kelly, Jesse J, and many others. And you might be familiar with some of his own solo music, which I devoured on YouTube before doing the interview here. Mateus has become a good friend, incredible player who's inspiring and fun to just have somebody around who's also just doing the thing, trying to make it work and figure out how to be a successful musician in the modern era and deal with all of the things that we deal with psychologically as musicians on the internet. He and I get into a lot of that on this episode, and I am very excited for you to hear it. So here we are, Mateus Asado. Hey, you guys know about DistroKid yet? If you are an artist, musician, somebody who's trying to get your music on Spotify, Apple Music, all of those things, DistroKid is a digital distributor that can get your music on all of those platforms. It's the easiest, fastest way to do so, with accounts even just starting at $19.99 a year per artist. So for me, I have several albums out. I just pay one amount for the year. For all the Corey Wong albums, I just pay one amount, and DistroKid takes 0% royalty. 100% of the royalties come straight to me. Or you use their Teams feature where you can dedicate a certain percentage to one member of your band, a certain percentage to the other, or one of your collaborators. I do this sort of thing. It works amazing. DistroKid is who I use for my albums, and it has worked great for me. The stuff gets up there fast. They have a smart ISRC thing. I don't have to worry about coming up with my own codes, registering a lot of the stuff. They just have that. And they also have these really cool design tools. If you are not very design savvy, they'll help you come up with assets for social media and other things to help promote your album. And if you want to use them, you can use my VIP code. Just go distrokid.com slash VIP slash Corey Wong and you get 30% off. How about that? Check them out, DistroKid. All right, let's hit this episode. Hey, everybody. I have Mateus Asado with me. We are at the Dreamcatcher G4 Experience event. We are in some corner of a hotel um, lobby. We're waving as if we're on camera. We're in a hotel. We're hanging. You just got off the stage with Satch, Luke, and Eric Gales. My goodness. Come on, dude. This is stuff the dreams are made of. <laughs> right. I'm in the right place. The dream catcher. Um, bro, that was such a wild experience. I, I mean, you saw me. I was yeah. literally like fan, just fanboying like, like a kid, bro. You know, every single note they were playing, I was just like, whoa. That was so majestic. That's actually what I mean. Yeah. No, it you absolutely know? was. But the thing that was really cool is that you have such a unique voice. Eric Gales has such a unique voice. Lukather has a unique voice. Satriani has a yeah. unique voice. So there was room for everybody there, which I feel like a lot of guitar players, when they get up there, there's this air of like, oh, are you going to be nervous? Uh. Which, of course, you might have a nervous energy because yeah. you're with people that you really admire or have listened to a lot. But what's kind of cool is that once you kind of get to a certain level and you have a 
a specific voice on the instrument. It's just, oh, I'm going to do what I do, you do what you do, and there's room yeah. for each of us. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, the beauty of doing these jams, which honestly, I used to be a fan back in the days when I first started learning how to play the guitar and I, you know, going on YouTube or getting VHS and just like, oh yeah, let's just watch those jams, whatever. And then for a little while, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't stand playing Little Wing again, <laughs> hearing Little Wing or whatever, all those songs, Smoke on the Water. But now I understand, you know, like being on stage with, you know, such legends, yeah. I was like, this is actually amazing, you yeah. know? Like, forget about this insecurity that we all have, you know what I mean? Sure. But just, just have fun. I mean, that's the point of, you know, music. And of course, it makes a big difference when you see guys above me actually like not giving a crap about you know you know what i'm saying like any yeah. ego like there's yeah, no yeah. ego fight whatever it's just like hey we're here for just one purpose just have fun and express yeah. you know your your voice through your instrument so yeah i love that kind of stuff and today was one of these days you know yeah and i wonder if it was different in a past era where it was like the bands had their lead singer and they had the lead guitar player. Mm. And it was like these, there was some rivalries or oh, there yeah. was a little more, you had to kind of posture or elbow your way to the top. Mm. Yeah. Where now I feel like, and obviously we didn't grow up in that era of yeah. when the guitar was celebrated the way that it was in the 80s and even in parts of the 90s, 70s, 80s, parts yeah. of the 90s. Now it feels like there's just a really cool community. Like here, yeah. we're around all these amazing musicians and. It's just a fun community, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I actually, not going to lie to you, I think I consider myself a frustrated vocalist or singer mm. because, you know, after, I don't know, maybe 10 years playing guitar, I, I was like, yeah, the best way to express yourself is, you know, just trying to be as clear as possible and what, mm -hmm. couldn't, what could be clear, more clear than, you know, using the words yeah for a little while i was uh, you know frustrated for a little bit but then i understood that okay there's a time and a place for everything i think my purpose here is actually not try to express myself through words and mm. so when i turned the point you know when i turned the switch into okay this is what i'm doing i'm playing guitar and this is all i have i i was just diving in trying to search the right path to, you know, through my instrument to achieve as close as possible to what a meaning of an actual word could express into yeah. music, you know what I mean? But um, yes, I mean, you are a perfect example of this, you know, just having your own project as we spoke a couple of days ago where, you know, probably 80% of your set list is just you guys vibing and, you know, playing some melodies through your instruments. Yeah. And, you know, you guys are playing big, massive, very important venues yeah. in America and all over the planet. And that's very awesome. I really respect and, you know, you have my biggest admiration because, I mean, this is special. I really yeah. love that. And just the fact that people are appreciating that way, just, you know, captivates me, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you. It yeah. it really does feel special and it's it's incredible. It's fun yeah. to just be a part of a scene and to be helping to build a scene. You're talking about wanting to express yourself through your words, through your voice, expressing yourself through the guitar and instrumental music. There's a lot of people who attempt to play melodies on the guitar or do play melodies mm -hmm. on the guitar and they don't really feel like they connect. Mm. And there's times where you listen to a melody and it just feels like, oh, that speaks to me. Mm. What are some things that you do to try to speak to people? Is there something that you do when you're approaching actually hands on the instrument mm. to speak, both as far as your mental approach to playing mm -hmm. and then actually just technically what you're doing to deliver a melody? Mm -hmm. Well, I think everything comes from something. and. Uh, I would say that most of the things it's, you know, when I'm creating with my guitar in my hands, it comes natural, but there's, I don't know, maybe a, a, a chord progression that I heard 
you know, in the previous week when I was in church or I don't know, I was watching a movie and then wow, the soundtrack really spoke to me. And then from that, I start to, you know, shape it into a way that, okay, how can I come up with something that, you know, really inspired me and, but making to my style or, you know, in a way of, you know, I could sound authentic or not be like just a replica like you know sure. like a yeah. copy of it but um yeah i mean it all depends about me messing around with some chord progressions and listening to i'm a very i would say i'm extremely melodic driven you sure. know i grew up in church and christian music is extremely like you know emotional and yeah. um and i think that those Items count a lot, you yeah. know, and because of that, I got into, you know, r some romantic music. Like I love ballads, yeah, and I totally connect this because you know, growing up in church, you just have you know th those moments where you're just like you know the worship songs and things yeah. like that. So that was something that I got connected at first as a baby or childhood, and then that just you know. Um, converted into, you know, when I finally understood myself that, okay, I want to play guitar, I want to become a musician. And I think that's how we are, right? Like an expression of all the things that we heard since we were like yeah. zero years old. So, yeah. I played in a band for many years with some friends from Brazil who also grew up playing in church. And all of them rave about, like, there's this one video or something of Abe Laboreal. Yes. <laughs> and everybody who I, there's like, yeah. there's a specific thing that happened that influenced a bunch of musicians who grew up playing in church in Brazil. Explain to me what this is, because you're, um, you're one of the people who might be able to tell um, me what's going on. I hope I'm talking about the right one. I think it's, because that guy was, his, he really reflects his emotions like at you know at the biggest way possible and at least the video i i heard and i i, I know of laboreal is the one that he's just playing and he's just like i don't know it's some sort of manifestation in a spiritual yeah. way and then he's just like he cries yeah while he's playing you know what mm. i mean and i don't know this is like how it should be you know yeah, like yeah. you put your heart into your fingers and when we speak to people and I yeah. you know what I mean it's just like the guy just has so much yeah. inside of himself that he can't control yeah. and of course it's something organic it, mm -hmm. it's something that it becomes inevitable to not feel emotional Yeah, you really feel it it's not like oh this guy's just trying to play a you know like acting or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah totally. Or, so oh, it's, so it's, he's doing this major like, scale run. That you know he what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not like, oh yeah, this guy's showing off and just being like, whoa, all crazy. Because yeah. that happens, especially now with all those social media. You got to come up with something that, oh yeah, we got to bring some, how does, like to, to trigger the brain and people be like clicking and just keep your attention watching the entire video yeah but back in the days that was not a thing so it was just so organic like the feeling of it the guy's just extremely sentimental so yeah i think that's what it is it it must have been such a potent thing because so many people that i've talked to it's so influential and it, it just must have i don't know there, there's something about it that in the same way for me and my friends, we all shared the Victor Wooten Amazing Grace Absolutely. Yeah. solo bass thing where it's just it it's Epic. channeling something yeah. that is beyond something practiced. It's mm. channeling something beyond what the human mind can just do in a practice room. It's like the collective of people in that room and that vibe and that night and probably mm. what he had for dinner informed whatever happened in that moment uh, on you know i have those videos that i i go back to as well it's like oh my gosh <laughs> it's really inspiring i don't know yeah for me i'm just trying to remember because i i grew up in church you know and then i got introduced to some rock bands local rock bands in brazil from brazil and um then i um, started listening to some instrumental players. So Steve yeah. Vai, Satriani, Petrucci, Eric Johnson. 
and uh, there's this um, performance of Vi I mean when Vi played uh, the the video clip of Tender Surrender. Yeah. That's such an epic video clip. I yeah. just remember wow. Or even like the crossroads. Yeah. Right? That scene. Yeah. You know, so those videos are like, oh yeah, we gotta this is a classic. We yeah. have to watch it. And it's just very inspiring to me. And um you know, the Budokan performance of Petrucci, mm, yeah. Satriani playing I was with you, I was with me, which was the first song I've ever learned. Uh, on guitar, and the wow. instrumental song that I've yeah. ever learned. Um, yeah, I mean, so many. So when you listen to guitar players that play instrumental music, mm -hmm. and when you approach it yourself, there's a lot of ways to do it. There's a lot of, we, we've all listened to a ton of, well, not all. This is a guitar podcast, so I assume most of the people yes. listening have listened to a lot of instrumental guitar music. Uh, yeah. And I know that you and I both have. Some stuff comes across as, oh my gosh, this is incredible music. Sometimes you listen to instrumental guitar music and it feels like, oh, this you're just showing me what mm. you practiced. You're showing me a very technical thing that's flashy and it's cool. Yeah. And that's the that seems to be the hard thing with a lot of lead guitar-driven instrumental stuff where it's like you have to balance playing something that feels like good music versus something that really showcases technique and what's interesting on the instrument itself. Mm -hmm. What is your approach to balancing those things? Yeah, that's a hard, th I mean, it all depends on the references. So to me, from all, I, I mean, just speaking from my perspective, sure. when I heard of G3, it was Satriani, Vi, and maybe, I think it was Eric Johnson, the guest. Yeah. Yep. Or Ingve. I mean, either one of those. I think it's been both of those yeah, generations, right. but maybe first it was Eric Johnson. Yeah, and uh, somehow, man, Satriani was just like amazing because I, those were the songs, you know, his music was the ones that, you know, stayed my head. Mm. And uh, then I got introduced to Carlos Santana and Jeff Beck, which I, I get it, they play more pop stuff but they also play instrumental music as well so my personal taste was going towards you know something that is sketchy and you know what i mean like something that is sticking to your ears but not because it feels like an exercise or a practice thing but mm -hmm. because it's just you know it's musical so because of my point of references i try to when it comes to my on songwriting process, what I try to do mainly is, okay, something besides the solo needs to speak. Mm. I still don't have the words, but something needs to speak. So it needs to be, of course, we all try to get the hook. Yeah. But even if a pre-chorus works, works okay or you know, the intro. So it needs to be something that, you know, goes beyond like guitar players digging other guitar players. So sure. what I do, um, my fiance, she has really great ears, but um, she doesn't know much about guitars. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know? So what I do, I always try, hey, and I know it's kind of, I'm not that type of person. I don't like listening to myself and being like, hey, I just wrote this song. Check it out, you know? So <laughs> I, what I try to do, I go ask her like, hey, let me show you this thing. And if she gets it, and I to and I, I'm literally like, try to be 100% transparent. Please, be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, forget we are partners like forget we sure. are a couple yeah you gotta tell me like what do you think about this so long story short i always try to ask somebody that is not even related to guitar or music yeah to see what they think about it you know my friends or yeah. even like my mom so yeah those things help so anyways going back to your uh question i try my balance would be probably like Something between 60 to 70%, like, okay, let's make it feel like a song. And mm -hmm. I get it. What is to feel like a song? It's so subjective. But yeah. when I mean by that, it's just like something that, you know, people could, 
oh yeah, I remember that part. I would love to sing that part, whatever, like a melodic way of thinking. And then the other 30% or 40% is just like, okay, it's time to show off some stuff. So yeah. <laughs> I know my, my, yeah, yeah. My, my biggest amount of listeners are gonna, is going to be guitar players. So yeah. I got to save something for them. Yeah. So. But even just like we were talking to Satriani downstairs, it's like you can, you can deliver the melody and give it in a way that the guitar players are still going to be in awe. Yeah. In the true. same way that the average, just general public listener will yeah. really appreciate it. And I think that's kind of the cool thing. And that's the hard thing and to do. And the is, hardest, easily. Yeah. You know, just um, by watching uh, his clinics the other day and uh, the way how explain how much time he just spends like shaping the right intonation, yeah. the right type of technique, but still with the same notes, with the same hooks. Yeah. This is amazing. But again, yeah, that's definitely the hardest part to make it catchy or, you know, musical in a very appropriate way. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's my goal in life for sure. And you and you've been doing that, Joe, as well. <laughs> for real, man. There's a ballad of yours that I always like. And it has like the as escalate uh, oh, the shoot. I don't wanna sing and make as a meme. But uh <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it there's go a for song. It. Just go no no for no. It. <laughs> uh Ah, oh, shoot. It's like something like E flat major, and then you just goes like, I mean, I don't know if it's E flat major, but just imagine this like an E major song, and then you kind of play like a and goes to C, and oh, this is such a nerdy thing. It's called Home. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tune called Home. I love that. Thank you know you. what I mean? Like, yeah. and again, like, it is a total different chapter from the yeah. generation of Satch, Vi, sure. and Eric. And I just love seeing guys like you, Tim, and Scott from Polifia. I think they're doing a great job. I think yeah. they're more related into that school yeah. than you, Mark. Because so much of what they do is so technically yeah, based, but it, it still is, is very approachable yeah, in a lot of exactly. ways. And it's just cool to, to see those things. And I mean… The way how guitar players are being made right now, you know, yeah. like Tim is a huge fan of hip hop and yeah, and you just a freaking master of funk and you know we we're talking about Prince and all these other influences. I'm pretty sure you have a bunch of other influences yeah. and um, and I remember back in the days when I was, I don't know, twelve, thirteen. If I if I would tell people that uh, oh yeah man I I love listening to example Simple Plane or I don't know. Um, Jonas Brothers, whatever, yeah. all like those music that you know. Oh man, really? You listen to that stuff? Sure. But I, I always try to be you know as open minded as possible when it comes yeah. to music. You know what I mean? Because that is also you know part of how to make it sound different, but still you know in a very guitar ish yeah. way of doing it. Yeah, and that's what I love about you know this new generation. Totally, and I think also if you have the mindset like. If you look at a lot of those songs, those just ultra pop hits, yeah. it's like they have a billion streams. A billion people are not wrong for liking that song. Makes or, you know, sense. hundreds of millions of people are not wrong yeah. for wanting to listen to that song. Like it, There are things about it that's like it connects in a certain way. Yeah. It, and it just so happens to be it connects to the masses. And the guitar, the role of the guitar connecting to the masses has kind of diminished in the last couple decades, for better or worse. Obviously, we, we would say for worse because we're guitar players and we're uh -huh. part of a scene and a community, but yeah. I think the guitar was used so much and a lot of times in a way where it was kind of like, all right, we kind of had enough mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Like if, if I grew up and that was just like the entire thing all the time. Imagine that. Things things change. In the same way where yeah. it's like saxophone players were right, in the 60s yeah. were probably like, come on, yeah, man. A sax solo. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the role of the guitar in a lot of pop music and what pop artists are looking for in guitar, I'm curious on your perspective because you know, you've played with recently Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, yeah. Tori Kelly, Jesse J. Massive, amazing pop artists. But that being said, those particular artists are ones that have a certain regard for music and musicianship mm -hmm. that maybe some other modern 
pop stars mm-hmm. don't have the same, like they don't search for the same musical depth or whatever, which is okay. But I'm wondering what, what are those people normally looking for from you and just from the role of the guitar in general? Okay. Well, first thing, it's definitely like stay in the pocket. Yeah. Serve the song. And uh, I could define all these artists that I've played with in a very different category. I would say Tori was the most um, generous. She gave me like, she was the f- very first artist that I played with. And uh, by the time we were about to be on tour, she was like, hey, I would love for you to just play a piece of yours. You know, mm. I need an interlude so yeah. I can, you know, I don't drink some water, whatever. Dude. Yeah. And it needs to be you. So she was just so nice. And she had, uh, she has a very like musician mind as well. I can tell. I mean? yeah. Like if I can, if I add something cool, musical, and it's not, you know, on the original track or the record, she'll be like, I love this, yeah. keep this. And that's how we kept our relationship and we still work together. I mean, I don't, I don't play guitar for her on tour anymore, but mm-hmm. you know, whenever she releases a record, she always asks me to track some guitars. Yeah. You know, so it goes beyond the professional side as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's just so musical and so understanding, you know, and it was beautiful. Jessie, I would say that she's more into the the show. Yeah. She's, she's, I mean, she knows like all musicians are playing for her are good at what they they do. So she's not worried about technical things and stuff. So she's like, hey, when it's time to show off, you have to do it. When it's time to be quiet, just watch me. Yeah. So she was extremely dynamic. Like her dynamics were very awesome, but actually not giving a crap about, oh yeah, you're just playing too much or whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was more about feelings for her. Like, okay, yeah. Go quiet, go nuts, follow my rhythm. Sometimes like, because we, we, we were also doing like some acoustic stuff together because mm-hmm. she doesn't play acoustic or piano. So she was always like, hey, if I'm, uh, you know, increasing the speed of the song, you have to follow me. Yeah. Like towards like the, the, the pre-chorus, you just, all right. And, you know, so that was very interesting too. Even though when all the band was together, she was like, okay, we got to keep in the pocket. Yeah. And Bruno and Anderson, which was, oh my gosh, bro. What a freaking blast. Yeah. Those guys were just, you know, magical. It looked like insane oh my gosh. fun. So you were doing what? A, how long of a residency in that Vegas? That was for... We started in February last, last year. Then we did um, a, like a part one of the residency until May. And then we came back to, for the second semester. And it took, I don't know, like two months as well. Sure. So it was a total of five months together. And... Um, Unfortunately, the project kind of did not follow up much because, you know, we all, I mean, they all have different yeah. projects. Bruno, of course, as Bruno Mars and Anderson with the Free Nationals and the other projects. He's been collaborating with everybody now, yeah. which is, you know, so nice to see him coming from, you know, the, this an- underground scene to totally. mainstream. It's yeah. just beautiful. I just dig that so much. You know, making songs with BTS. like Yeah, how it's insane. incredible. These guys, man. So it's we're talking a full time artist and musician. Yeah. So you know when you feel like, oh yeah, I I I got this. Yeah, they always have something extra to tell and teach me. So yeah, it was actually like a, a good frustration for me because I was like, oh my gosh, dang it. Now that I really thought I was nailing this thing, mm-hmm. actually not. Like, come yeah. on, humble yourself and just listen to us. Yeah. But also, they were just so amazing. Like, Bruno is an amazing musician. He plays mm-hmm. drums, piano, guitar. Yeah. Something that I didn't know until play with him. And uh, that's the thing, man. Like, when you have good ears, that's just yeah. so amazing. Yeah. So sometimes he doesn't know how to 
you know, how to explain things. But he was like, man, you need to go this direction. Like, sure. and, and even like we're talking about soloing parts. Yeah. So like Tori, Bruno also gave me an opportunity to just have like my interlude section yeah. in between of the songs. And I was just doing, he was like, do your thing. And then I play that thing for, play the interlude for him. And in the middle of the, con in, uh, of the rehearsal, which by the way, he's also the musical director of all projects. He's yeah. been part of it. He's like, hey, we have to add this thing in the middle of this section. Like, nah. And he sings a melody and, and now you go nuts over here, play high notes, whatever. Yeah. So his guidance was always like, I finish. Of course, I try to follow his, you know, uh, orders. And as soon as I finish, I'm like, dang, this guy's a genius. This guy is so freaking yeah. amazing. So, yeah, I would say that, you know, like they always, you know, highlight if you know how to give a good campaign and, you know, yeah, and a mix of playing the record how it is. But also if you could add some extra flavors, you know, add, add your cards on the table. Yeah. That's something that, I mean, I don't know if it could work for all the things, sure. but for all the gigs and whatever. But in my situation, it was really awesome, thankfully. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. It's, sometimes it's complicated uh, because all these three artists that I played, they were so chill. It didn't feel like, oh my gosh, like there's a boss. In, yeah. in, in, you know, and, and it sucks sometimes when you just have to just, oh yeah, you got to, I mean, I, I get it. Play like the record. I love that thing, but it just gets too much on my mind sometimes. Mm. You know, I want to be able to express myself and not freak out at the same time. And there's yeah. some pop gigs. And if you just make a mistake or because you rushed a little bit during those hits and you just get like some, you know, alerts of like, hey, bro, you got to watch out. Or like, you know, because so those things are yeah, yeah. something I... I got very blessed playing with these guys. They were yeah. very understanding, you know. They, you know, accept you know mistakes in a way, and I mm -hmm. think that was it. You know, well, and even the way that you're talking about how they're asking for what they want, just like many good producers who, like many, some, a lot of producers don't know all the theory behind something, but they know what's going to work. Yeah, and they can hear you do something and say, "Okay, that's great." Now let's mine the greatest pieces out of that. Mm. And let's let's mine the gold from this. That's gold, but I feel like it, there needs an anchor point here, then do your thing, anchor point here. And they can kind of see, a lot of artists, there, there's a reason why they're so big and why they're so successful is because it's not always just, oh, they can play really fast runs or they mm. can sing the greatest thing or write the best tunes. Sometimes it is, mm -hmm. they're visionaries in a certain way where they're just able to understand this is what this moment needs. You are definitely the right person for this moment. Bring your thing to the table, but let's let's tweak this, 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 and then, you know, hopefully, like you're saying, sometimes it, it'll bring that thing out where it's like, oh yeah, cool. And then you bring that to every aspect of the show, of the yeah. songs, of the production, of the business. Yes, it can all of a sudden then just have such exponential gains. It is special, man. Like. I I'm just telling more about Bruno because it, it's, it was, you know, the most recent project sure. that was part of it. But it's just insane because, I mean, oh, now that you, uh, you're not only a guitar player, you are the artist. You have to think of so many other stuff. Yeah. And this is something that I definitely learned so much from, Brun from, from being with Bruno's camp. You know, because I used to be just, okay, I got to make sure I play my guitar right. Mm -hmm. And then just by watching Bruno, you know, paying attention in all these details, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's definitely not about my guitar only. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. that opened so much the horizons of my, you know, understanding. And I, from that on, I was just paying attention in all the details. Like, for example, mm. I mean, this is probably something you always uh, be paying attention at, like, the horn sections, like arrangements, mm -hmm. like different arrangements, not including guitar. Yeah. It makes such a big difference, man. Yeah. And, and I just love that. You know, as I mentioned about, oh, showing the songs that I just wrote to my fiance, I just love seeing people that maybe it's not related to guitar. They don't know much about guitars. 
giving their own opinions of, oh yeah, man, this solo was amazing. Or like, I love this guitar part that you played. And sometimes it's not even your favorite thing that you did. Sure. You know? And yeah. that's what captivates me where I'm like, wow, it's just beautiful to see like, you know, how relative things could be when it comes to you know, music and playing a melody or whatever. So yeah, I just love that. And of course, if you have a bigger perspective of doing a show and again, man, music doesn't need to be for us only, you know, I mean, yeah. for, you know, our own yeah, yeah. artists. I mean, we make music for people. Yeah. It's all about them, you yeah. know? And I just love seeing, like, you know, as you said, you know, Bruno is a big example and a reflection of that because it makes sense why yeah. Bruno has been Bruno Mars, you know, how big, you know, his career is because yeah. the guy's definitely always a step ahead of, you know, most of the people I've met in the, the industry. Yeah. And even the way that you're talking about this, I'm thinking about now paying attention to so many things, being in service of the song, yeah. being in service of everything else that's happening. And I'm somebody who also grew up playing in church and Mark Letary also, yeah. we talk about this all the time. And I know, you know, you've mentioned that you did. I think there's something also about when you grow up playing in a situation where it really isn't about you and it really kind of is about pointing towards something else. Mm. And, you know, for the listeners, who, what, whatever belief system they come from, it's like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of situations where you can play where it is about something bigger than mm. yourself. Yeah. And a lot of guitar players have a hard time <laughs> being in touch with that. And, and whether that thing that's bigger than yourself means you're a part of a, a service serving God or mm -hmm. serving um, a community by playing something or playing yeah. for a senior citizen yeah. home because you want to help them feel good or have like play songs from the 50s because that's going to bring yeah. some joy because these people, because it's going to remind them of yeah. when they were young or whether it means you're playing for an artist who has a vision and you want to capture their vision for them yeah. to help the people in the audience have a good time. It does feel like those that grew up doing that have a better understanding mm. and are more like down and just be like, oh yeah, like this This isn't just about my guitar. When it's time for my guitar part to come, yes, yeah. I've honed my craft. Mm. I've worked on my craft enough. I'm gonna come with my A game, like Ooh. you're saying. You come out correct. And then when it's time to just make sure that the right thing to be focused on is focused on, you do your part to make sure that you fit into that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. As you said, I agree 100%. Sometimes I even had to, I mean, not saying that it was like a psychological trauma or whatever, but I just remember like, it was just something that, you know, because playing church and uh, my parents were actually a good uh, source of me to keep myself, you know, on the ground. Because yeah. I started playing when I was nine. Mm. And there's always that thing, or it's either a drummer or mainly, okay, drummers and guitar players, like, Oh, there's this prodigy. I listen in Brazil. Like, sure. there's this kid, man. Like, he's been killing whatever. And um, I was kind of one of these uh, kids back in my hometown church in Brazil. So everybody was just like, "Oh man, you gotta watch this kid, man!" Like, yeah. and I start playing at the official services when I was eleven to twelve years. Wow. And, uh, you know, all the rest of the, the band were, I don't know, in their 20s. So those things were really nice as well. Like having a good um, good roots, I would say. Yeah. Know? So my parents were always like, we, you have a nice talent. But just remember, what's the purpose of what you're doing, you mm -hmm. know? And I, I'm still, I, I, I still go to church. I, I'm still Christian. Still keep the same, uh, you know, beliefs and morals. And uh, I believe that's something that helps me as well. Because, again, like, our ego gets fed so easily. Yeah. And uh, having, you know, a community that, you know, helps you and to understand, uh, you know, in a, in a um, genuine way of like, hey, man, like, 
the beauty of music's when you just you know and that relates a lot with you know the spiritual way of Christianity it's mm -hmm. like it is not about you it's about loving others and you know I you know as a Christian I have to see music the same way too so yeah it's cool and again it makes easier you know to to when you're playing music professionally which thankfully all these artists that I've performed with when it was my time to hey I'm uh, going to the next chapter they were always you know the door was still open you know mm. I did not burn bridges yeah and thankfully you know I, I, I agree with you saying about, you know, it's easier when you have a different or when you are in the same tune as, you know, the purpose of the artist or sure. what's the reason we're doing this. Yeah. You know, I love it. Yeah. You talked a little bit about kind of having to deal with your own thoughts and your own kind of mental health yeah. around things. Uh, a while back, you made the decision to quit social media <laughs> after a lot of years of being quite oh, prominent. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's an important thing to talk about as far as mental health as a musician, especially in the social media era where there's a lot of younger musicians who look up to folks like you and myself yeah. that compare themselves or don't necessarily feel confident or feel like they have a voice, feel like they have an identity, and maybe their identity is currently wrapped in the number of likes or number of followers. Mm. And just the, the modern day trap of what social media has, especially on musicians, if somebody just identifies as a guitar player and then they post something and it gets two likes and they're like, oh, yeah. I, am I a bad guitar player? Yeah. Like, you know, or is it whatever? And then all of a sudden their whole sense of self is disrupted and there's an earthquake in their mm. entire psyche. It's something important to talk about. We we all deal with it. So for those that are listening, I deal with it. Obviously, you know, the, the professionals at the highest level deal with it. But I'm curious on how you are doing with that. First off, it's mm. just somebody that I care about. I'm, I want to know how you're doing and then kind of what what steps you had to take and kind of why you had to take them. Um, It's... Still being a roller coaster, not gonna lie. I cannot just, you know, lie and be like, yeah, I overcame to this and woohoo, and you know, it's a new, it's a new Mateus or whatever. But mm -hmm. for those who don't know, in 2021, actually, it was around the beginning of the 2021, of course, we were still dealing with some weird times and, yeah. you know, it was just a little too complicated for me because, I mean, actually, all my friends, all my musicians' friends were kind of on the same page. So I finished 2019 as the happiest man, uh, you know, like, so happy because in that year, I had the chance to play with Tori, tour with Jesse J. I played in Rock and Rio for the first time in Brazil, and that was yeah. such a dream for me. And that yeah. was because of Jesse. And a nice story because I stopped playing with her in uh, 2018, like August 2018. I was like, "Hey Jesse, I'm going for next thing." And then she was like, "Hey, I'm gonna miss you." And I got the decision to ask her, "Hey, if you go to Brazil, I don't know, like." I would love to play with you. Yeah. And a year later, she was like, hey, I'm doing Rock and Reel. I would love to have you there too. Wow. Honestly, that That's was so, so cool. priceless. Really like, wow, beautiful. I still have the best memories from that. And I, in 2019, I also played with Bruno for the first time as a yeah. sub. And I got the chance to play with my trio in 2019 in Asia and did, you know, my yeah. clinics slash shows. Yeah. So to me, it was like, bro, this is the perfect year professionally. Yeah. I just love it so much. I'm like, 2020. It's I'm all happening. Go it's exactly. all happening. I'm going insane. Like, yeah. in the, at the best way possible. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, it's all setting off. Everything's exactly. in motion. Yeah. So, December 2019, I'm like, I'm quitting all my gigs. No more. No, I'm not going to be a sideman anymore. 
Mm -hmm. Just going to go for my own project. So yeah. I start my, uh, you know, gen I remember January 2020, set up my schedule, like doing songwriting sessions with all these names. Yeah. Go flying to, Swe uh, to Sweden, get together with all these uh, producers because that's where, you know, like yeah, yeah. that's the land of the good music or, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, the good producers. And you know, I mean, we all know the story. Boom. March 2020, I got the news. Hey, the borders are closing. So then I freaked out. I was like, oh, shoot. I don't have any family members in the U.S. I was living in L.A. I should just go back, stay with my family because you never know what could happen. Mm -hmm. So anyways, cool. Go back home, stay at my parents' house for a little while. Well, thankfully, this is a podcast, so I can extend a little bit. But, but anyways, go back to my family's house. And at first, it's we still don't know what's going on. So, And again, I'm in Brazil, still a third world country. A lot of difficulties comparing to other countries. So at first, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, stay home. Let's just all get yeah. this together. Cool. And we all think, you know, yeah, probably in six months, things are going to be cool. And yeah. I'm going to get back to the freaking mood, you know, mode yeah. and get back to my things. And we all know the reality. And uh, January 2021, boom, Brazil was the highest peak yeah. of all this situation. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's been close to a year now. Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm saying? Like in 2020, I was still, okay, it was like a phase of adaptation. I'm like, okay, cool. I, you know what? I was actually tired of, you know, I worked so much last year. So yeah. I, maybe it's a good time for me to refresh my, my mind and whatever. Were you writing much at the time? Were you practicing? Were you playing? At first, yeah. I would say the first half of 2020, I was like, yeah, cool. You know, I got to still get on track. But then to my problem was towards the second semester. Because we're still not, I was still not being able to see much, you know, friends and, yeah. you know, everybody dealt with that thing. And I just started running out of ideas because another thing as well was just like an uh, overwhelming um, exposure of social media. Mm. Because I remember, you know, musicians were still like divided in two types. The ones that were all into social media and the, the, cool guys that were just like, I don't need this thing, man. Yeah. You know, I just, I do the real thing. Yeah. And then pandemic hits. I see those guys join social media and playing all this stuff that yeah. we were all playing back in the days. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then yeah. I'm like... So now everybody's there. Everybody's Everybody's there. in the room. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just getting bombarded with all this information. And yeah. not only on in my socials, but... Everything. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much more time on my phone. This is mm. this is horrible. And anyway, I definitely need, if I could say things that I would have done differently two years ago, I wish I had managed my time better. Because mm. now I see things getting back to normal. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dang, man, I wish... I was with this mindset. But again, man, we would never yeah, you couldn't have be able known. to do. Um, so those things were affecting me gradually. That it got to a point in January 2021 when we see, we hear the news and it's just 3,000 people dying every day. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't stand this anymore in a way. But not in a way of like, I want to, you know, take my life. It was just, I was so ready to get my project going. And right now we're still stuck. And I don't know, it, it, uh, it was a lack of resilience of, you know, myself. Mm. And then thankfully I got, you know, the sensitiveness of, okay, what is making me feel this way? Mm -hmm. So the table kind of turned to a place where I was like, yeah, I think I'm spending too much time on my phone. I got to get my stuff together and understand, you know, di find the right diagnostic of 
how can I go back to Mateus 2019? Mm -hmm. So even though it was a very impuls impulsive uh, act, because I was in the middle of the, fl of, uh, of the flight, I was at my fiance's house, then flew back to my hometown. And I was just like, what's going on? I mean, flights could be a little bit tricky, you know what I mean? Especially sure. if it's a long flight. This is where I always like overthink and I always go a little too crazy. So anyways, I, I was just like, it's time to do it. But the problem was I, the way how I spoke, I was just too passionate, too intense. I'm like, yeah, I haven't been, uh, I haven't picked my guitar for, I don't know, two months or something. And another thing that also happened in January, 2021, my grandmother passed away and that was, you know, because of a disease. And that also affected me. It was, a, it was the first time I was dealing with that, you know, with something so close to me. So all those things combined kind of messed me up in a way that I was like, okay, let me take a break. And, but thankfully, there's so many nice people that helped me during that process. Because again, I, I don't speak very much. I don't, when I record stories, whatever, it's not me talking. It's just me playing my instrument yeah. or being very abstract on things. And I literally just post a declaration of like, hey guys, yeah. I'm not in a good mood, so goodbye for now. And you're saying you So like many you people were... helped me, you know, Rick Beato was, he called me a day after. Somehow he found my number. I don't remember how we got in touch, mm. the way how it happened, but he was like- He finds people's numbers. He called me once out of the blue. It was amazing. <laughs> right. <And> that's <laughs> He just got everybody's number. <laughs> and I, you know, until these days, I still call him as like, you know, my therapeutic dad, yeah. you know, he was so, so awesome, man. He opened my horizons and be like, kid, come on, bro. You're only 26 or I don't even remember how old I was. You got to relax, man. It's going to be all right. You yeah. know, like get your stuff together, take your time. It's going to mm -hmm. be cool. So, you know, having, having all these people and of course in the music community, it was really supportive and um, it took me a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Then I came back, actually no, 14 months, yeah. I came back to socials. It was awesome, but then, as I told you, it was a little bit of a roller coaster because when I made my post, my coming back post, it was just like, everybody just like, boom, intense. Yeah. And you know how it is, man. It's a yeah. huge dose of dopamine to the brain. Yeah. And, I made a post saying that, hey guys, I'm playing at the Grammys tomorrow. It was something about that. Mm -hmm. So it was not only one novelty, but two, you know, yeah, two yeah, new yeah. things like, oh my gosh, this guy's also playing with Silk Sonic. How amazing. Yeah. So it was a little bit too much. So I, you know, I came from zero to a hundred. So I'm still finding my right, right place, you yeah. know, and, um, it's been a great journey, you know, I'm trying to get my mind occupied with a bunch of things. So I incorporate some other hobbies. Thankfully, I've been reading more mm -hmm. on like physical books. Can't handle much the Kindle stuff. Yeah. And photography is also mm. a good hobby of, you know, that I've, you know, doing since those times. And that actually helps a lot. Between those two things and, like you mentioned, having a community around you of people who can reach out and kind yeah. of speak truth or encouragement to you, is there one thing in specific or a couple things that really kind of helped you get over or, or get not get over, get through mm. the times that were the hardest for you? Oh, yeah, definitely, you know, getting back to the essence of my spirituality. So that was also a thing as well. I mean, mm. it's so hard when you're not inspired, man. When you cannot just find inspiration to life, you know what I mean? And music was my biggest source. Yeah. I was, you know, and again, we are artists are freaking emotional, yeah. right? We, yeah. We're freaking drama queens, man. And um, for me, it was just so hard to deal with those those phases and um i you know i would say man like the the what was like the biggest help was having people mm. 
you know, and as an introvert, that was a good thing yeah. for me to realize, you know. I don't know. It, life is better when you have good company. Absolutely. And um, that helped me a little bit, you know, to get through those things and, you know, understand as well, like, body and mind are are two different things, but they're one at the same time. Mm, yeah. So I remember back in the days about people saying like, yeah, man, you got to, you know, I don't know, work out or practice some sports and have a health life. Yeah. And when you're young and we have like a fast metabolism, we yeah. don't care much. <laughs> totally. just like, let's just go to in and out at 1 a.m. <laughs> Right. Which, by the way, you suggested for this podcast. Exactly. There's enough noise here of the people walking around the hotel, but imagine us talking, getting this deep while eating a burger yeah, and fries. Number 37. <laughs> I got that from you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so, yeah, I understood that thing too, you know? Like yeah. Taking advantage of the sun. Mm. Something that I was like, oh, come on, bro. That's such a cliche or whatever, like good vibes. Yeah. But then I was like, whoa those things help a lot yeah and, uh, you know and sao paulo which is where my fiance lives it's kind of like london so i during In what way of weather because it's oh, okay. so like cloudy and it gets gray sure in like most of the year and um during the pandemic i was staying at her place for a little while and i was like oh my gosh i miss the sun yeah. I need that back, you know what I mean? So those minimal details make yeah. such a difference. Well, I'm so excited to see you on the other side of this, smiling and <laughs> just as somebody who's such a fan of what you do and Thanks, I, I do care about you as a person. Thank and you. you know, you contribute so much to the guitar community. It Thank it you. means a lot to see you thriving in in the the gig that you're doing and actually even more like a lot it's like when I saw that you were doing the silk song thing, I was like Frick yeah, man. There that we go. That should be you, there though. No. Should have been you, no, but brother. It's, like, <laughs> it's there we go, man. Let's yeah. get some guitar. Let's get some really good guitar in some really good pop music. Yeah. And I was so I was just I was cheering when I saw your post saying that. I was I was man. cheering from the sidelines and and that was the biggest cool, bro. For me. Yeah. And it was a little crazy. I mean, I know that I. If I want to keep the job, I sometimes I'm not saying I needed to lie, but I was just too transparent. So I played with Bruno in 2021. That was like the first musical activity I did was mm -hmm. July 2021. I did the camp with Petrucci, and in the middle of the camp, Bruno calls me like, "Hey, bro, we need you again to sub for the previous guitar player." And that was so amazing. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm." The guy called me back. Mm -hmm. I because when I played for him for the first time, I was I I thought I didn't do a good job. A good job. Really? I mean, we all. I don't know. I I assume you're very perfectionist. Yeah. So I'm kind of the same way. And you know, when you just don't. I mean, I felt amazing, very grateful, but also like, dang it, that was not 100 percent of my taste. Sure. So I left the gig. I mean, uh, the last two, four shows, the things I had to do. Did my job, but I remember coming back home and being like, I don't know, I think that was it. Because mm. like, I don't dance, I I don't know. You know, yeah. I, I didn't feel very connected. Sure. But then he calls me again and I'm so happy and I'm like, this is amazing. And then he calls me the other time back in, Decem in December of 2021, but now with as an official invite, like, hey, I want mm. you to play this New Year's Eve shows with me. But also next year we're gonna be doing the Six Sonic Run, and it yeah. needs to be you. Amazing! So I get together with the boys, and during backstage, he's all like, "Hey, man, so what do you know about '70s music? You know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, all these guys." I'm like, "No, <laughs> I mean, I know September, yeah, <laughs> but I have no freaking clue. I mean, Isaiah Brothers, uh, I mean, Is Isley Brothers, and..." Oh, it was Temptations and all Flamingo, the Flamingos. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> all these guys. I'm like, sorry, bro. I have no clue what you're talking about. And he was like, all right, man, you're going to have a lot of homework now. <laughs> so he's literally 
texting me every day. Yeah. All these different types of, you know, uh, this artist from the 70s. Sure. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys are freaking killers. You know, I love, you know, I was definitely did not grow up listening to 70s music. And of course, the first rehearsals were a little bit of a pain. And again, the strumming guitar is not my thing. Mm. You know, I'm more like a lead player. Yeah. And Bruno was always like, hey, Mateus, there's this song, Smoking Out the Window. Uh, the chorus is literally just like, and I didn't have the right feel. Mm. And then we were literally spending 15 minutes in rehearsal, and Bruno with his guitar in his hands, like, Mateus, it needs to be this, bro. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm not getting it. And then he was just giving me all the tips, like, bro, yeah. go back home, listen to this, yeah. change your pick. I was playing uh, like 88 millimeters pick, mm. and he was like, try to get those nylon picks. Like, yeah. I didn't know like yeah, how yeah. much of a difference that yeah, makes. Yeah, it does. And it's just like, and the angle needs to be a little bit different. You got to get sure. the right touch, bro. Boom. Thankfully worked out, you yeah. know, and wow. that was easily the best project that I've been part of it. And uh, I learned so much. Yeah. Again, as growing up, just being, oh yeah, I want to be like Satriani, Steve Vai. Getting to know this cool, yeah, life-changing, beautiful. That's so cool. And that's so great that he was gracious with you to be like, here's the references. Yeah. And then let me just show you my interpretation of what the references are and have the patience. He, clearly, he cared about you as a Absolutely, player and as a person, man. too. And well, the difference of being a boss and a leader. Bruno yeah. is a leader. Wow, bro. yeah. That's why, I mean, I really, I mean, not trying to kiss any butts, bro, but I really think Bruno is one of the greatest in this era right yeah. now. Because he really cares about music. Yeah. His perspective, again, like, when I feel like, oh, yeah, man, like, I'm actually like, whoa. You know, I'm special or whatever. Yeah. Then I see a guy like Bruno. I'm like, dang, I suck. <laughs> you know, but of course, in a nice way. No, it's just everybody's got their own, you know, their own specialty. And it is. It, and he's got a different thing. But it's the other thing that's so great is that you were willing to say, all right, I want to get this right. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that this is right. And yeah. you, you know the difference between... Yeah, I'm kind of doing the thing yeah. and doing the thing. Exactly. You know, so that's cool. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how it was for you. Maybe we're talking about different perspectives, but honestly, I've never cared much about rhythm guitar. Mm. And that's what actually pays the bills. That's what <laughs> actually makes a difference. Please, yes, guys, does. understand that, please. <laughs> you know, and that's what gets people moving. And yeah. it was like, Man, when you play your guitar, I want to feel like dancing. Mm. So that I love when you know people not only goes for technical, uh, you know, excuses, but just like explain like what's reality is about. Yeah. So that's what Bruno was saying. Like, bro, you gotta make me move. Yeah. So that was very um, you know captivating, and I was like, okay, I want to get home and freaking do the job right. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Well, I love that you were on that gig, but even more so as we close up here, I just want to just let you know that I am more than anything excited to just hear your music and what you have to say. I'm I'm so excited for what you bring to the guitar community, for the fact that you bring excellence on the instrument to such a high level gig like these ones that you've done, that you bring the guitar into the spotlight in a way that you know, it's, it's different than what the way that it's been done in, in the last 15 years in, in this realm. And I'm so stoked for you in that. But the thing I'm most excited about is what you have to say in your music and just watching you downstairs a couple hours ago playing a couple of your own tunes. I was incredibly inspired and just infinitely cheering you on here from the side and just so stoked to see what, what the next couple of years come and... Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see you back out smiling in the world. Man, it's you know I would say the same way. You've been doing so much, and I not only respect you as an amazing guitar player, but more and more as an artist, and now as a person, man, oh, it makes thank you. sense where you are right now. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Well, yeah. thanks for being with us. I think that's about it. I think the the Hilton keeps kind of looking through this 
weird um, <laughs> one-sided thing where they're like, what are these guys doing in here? Uh, we're part of the conference. I think Saturani spent enough to rent this place out that they'll, they can let us do our podcast Absolutely. Here. <laughs> so you. thanks, Joe. Thanks, uh, Dreamcatcher, for letting us do this here. And thank you, Mateus. It's been so great to hang with you this week and get to know you, man. Absolutely, brother. Thank you so much. All right. There you have it. If you're not familiar, get hip. Go check out Mateus's music. What an incredible player. Very nice guy. I really like hanging with him. It's been fun to hang with him here at the G4 Experience, the Satriani Guitar Camp. Like I said at the beginning, this is very fun. It's been cool to hang here and have these kind of conversations. You know, it's like I've, I've had conversations like this all over this week. It's just this is the one I happened to record. So thanks for hanging with us. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.